It's hum day. Hum what day. up, everybody? We got a good show for you guys today. As always. How about redefining the way people treat people? That's my kind Ooh, of show. Okay, That's what we're okay. going to be talking about today. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business and social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business, business Bros. Business Bros. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Hands there up to bring is. some fire. Oh, yeah. It's a beautiful San Diego day outside in another fire episode of the Business Bros Pod. But before we jump into the show, just a quick reminder to please subscribe on whichever platform it is that you're catching us on. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Subscribe and drop a review and help other like-minded business owners find value from our guests as we rise in those podcast rankings. We will sincerely appreciate that from all of you. And don't forget to follow us on all our social media at business bros pod there is so much to say about our guest today but i'm going to start with a pun he will help you hatch a plan to inevitable success <laughs> all right all right on a serious note our guest has a hell of a resume he's an entrepreneur public speaker realtor author coach investor do-gooder husband father and he'll kick my butt at golf <laughs> our guest has not one not two not 23 but 25 businesses that he owns and operates with his team additionally he's built two nonprofit movements that have raised nearly three million dollars to help serve children and families in need our guest is a servant leader at his core, and his goal is to be a chapter in as many people's books as possible. He wants to change the world one person at a time, and he's crazy enough to believe he can. Joining us today from the Midwest, North Dakota is the Midwest, right? I hope so. Yeah, it's like Canada's <laughs> goatee. Yeah. We're so excited to have the host of the Hatching Leaders podcast and CEO of Hatch Realty and Hatch Coaching. Welcome to the show, Eric Hey! It's like welcome, the nicest intro welcome. I've ever received. Uh, thanks for that. That was uh, nothing but flattering. You guys are all right. <laughs> <laughs> we like to start off with a bang, right? That's the way it we works. Try, we try. Works. Eric, 25 businesses is the first thing that Holy always stood out to me in your profile. What? How the heck did you get there? Give me, Give me a little bit of that background. Uh, on accident, really. I mean, if we're going to be really serious about it, this has been, and I've been an accidental entrepreneur my entire life. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I graduated from college. Uh, I went to North Dakota State University in Fargo. Uh, and I, I stayed in Fargo. I had a chance and I went to work for my church locally. An amazing job. Uh, I was doing youth ministry and worship leading. I got to be at an intrapreneur, like uh, I, I was creating in a larger ecosystem and it was great, uh, but it was a terrible way to support my family. And so I was flat broke and uh, working 70, 80, 90 hours a week. And the more I worked, I wasn't making any more money. I was just building things for, uh, for the sake of building it, but I had nothing more to show for it. And so I got into real estate, frankly, because I was broke and I had that itch. So uh, 2011, I went into real estate full time. And from there, I just started to get that that entrepreneurial bug. And I realized that I was, I was created to create. And it's been so fun because I've watched now over the, over the last 10 years, I've increased my net worth 4,000%. Uh, 
which is pretty great. That tells you how broke I was before, though. Uh, <laughs> uh, increased my net worth uh, 4,000%, but that's not the thing that I'm uh, uh, most proud of. What I'm proud of are uh, the lives that I get to influence and impact. And, and you can see that and hear that, hopefully... It, my 25 businesses, half of them are um, half of them are on my own. The other half are with other people. And I'm using it to empower and enrich and create opportunities for people. And I just, I think I'm pretty good at building relationships. And when I found a great relationship, we just get a harebrained idea and then I let them run it. And I get a piece of that pie. And so I get, I get to watch other people's worlds flourish and I get to have fingerprints on it. I love that because that harebrained idea. That's the world a better place try to make the world a better place Th those those harebrained ideas those, that's the way my mind works how do you and i'm gonna ask you because I, I i still don't 100 percent have the answer to this but how do you take that you know crazy looking idea that you have in your mind and then get your team to put it together i, I have james that kind of helps me guide these things and systematize a lot of the stuff but uh but it seems like you got this idea you have this big vision and then you somehow get your team to hop on the bus and get in the right seats and then drive the bus in the same direction. Mm -hmm. uh, well, the bigger we get, the harder it is to do new things. Uh, my, my biggest organization right now is my real estate company. Uh, we function as a real estate team and there's uh, 45 of us right now. We'll sell about 850 homes this year. So it's a, it's a slow moving, uh, like Titanic-esque cruise ship esque thing. And if we want to make a change, it is a slow, gradual change, right? Uh, but if you want to go, if you want to go fast, go alone. And if you want to go far, go together. And uh, we're going far with a real estate team. All these other ventures are much smaller, right? Uh, mm -hmm. My real estate team is about a $6 million company. Uh, my coaching company is about a $1.5 million company. My marketing company is about a $1 million company. Uh, a bunch of investment things uh, flow and go. Uh, but as we get into these ecosystems, man, small but mighty is really the trick, I think. Uh, there's uh, one of my favorite rules is called the rule of threes and tens. If you haven't ever Googled it, Google the rule of threes and tens, because in there it talks about how when you go from one to three people, three to 10, 10 to 30, 30 to 100 and so on, your entire organization through leadership has to change how you're approaching your people, how you're balancing your hours and your day. And the most powerful group that I think exists is a group of three. It can be four or five, right? But I think a group of three or four or five people is the most potent punch that you can have because you all can see the whites of each other's eyes every day. You all have accountability. Everybody knows the hats that they're wearing and it's a lot of hats, right? It, it's messy. But a group of three, four or five moves so much faster than a cruise ship of 45 people. And we're able to be permeable and we jump on new things right away because it's not about me getting influenced. The greatest influencers in the world have their influential people taste the same things that they taste. So understand this. Let's say I go to a seminar or I go to a convention and I want my group to be fired up about it. What most of us as entrepreneurs do is we do what's called a plop and drop. I, I listen to an idea. I get fired up about it. I'm excited. And then I bring it back to my team and I just drop it on them. And they haven't tasted what I've tasted. They haven't seen what I've seen. And I'm trying to save a few bucks by not having them go to that convention so that I can go and learn and be excited. And frankly, it's an irresponsible way because if I bring them along, we're talking, troubleshooting, and activating at the point of inspiration. And so what I've done exceedingly well, I think, is I've taken my key leaders and I've brought them to the table with me so that they can taste what I taste. 
And when that happens, we end up having really impactful uh, position shifting conversations from the very get go. And it's not about my idea that I'm trying to convince my team on. Sometimes it's like them trying to convince me because they're more on fire than I am. And isn't that what we all want is don't we want people in our environment who are on fire and own their crap? Hell and that's, yeah. and that, that's, that's been, that's been one of the main keys is that I've made sure that at my table, I sit with all my key people. It, it's amazing how, how well you, you, it sounds like you work with your team because uh, I mean, you're in real estate and as you know, there have teams have been the, all the craze for quite a few, I'm going to say like two decades almost in the real estate space. But the problem with a lot of people when they build their teams is they think of building a team like a, like having 45 is that trophy, right? Having a large team is a trophy. And then they find that when they get there, they don't maintain the profitability that that they would have had if they were solo agents with maybe like you know one admin or two like that magic three that you're talking about. Uh, when you're when you're coaching them, uh, what are you what are you telling them to kind of help develop a team so that it is moving the way like it's it's a well oiled machine like what you're describing because not everybody right off the bat can be that kind of leader. They kind of have to get coached into into that leadership position. Uh, so you are now scratching the surface on maybe my most favorite topic ever, and that is how to scale and not grow. Growth is addition, right? You're going to add five people, but if you haven't increased your margins, if you haven't found uh, a good a good rhythm, now you're in a hurt bag. And and the truth is, those of you that are uh, in real estate will certainly understand, and those of you that are not, let me uh, share with you some insight is that most teams in real estate are not profitable. They're funded by the production of the rainmaker. They're funded by the leader and they have a whole bunch of things that feed into their ego and they start a team because they think it's the successful right move to do. And they're looking around and saying, and they'll boast of profit numbers, they'll boast of success, but realistically they're almost all dumpster fires. I'd say that most people that have a real estate team should not have a real estate team uh, because they are intentional with selling homes, but they're they're not intentional with creating a leadership development organization. And they're not intentional on creating opportunities. So here's how the world works in real estate. I have all these people over here. These are all the people that I brought into my world, into my ecosystem that are my top producers. In my world, (coughs) in my world, these people over here, they're selling 40 to 100 homes each. These are powerful, really good, uh, entrepreneurs on my team. They're super successful. What happens in most worlds is they're going to bring in, when it's time to grow as a company, they're going to bring in other people right here at that same level. We need to add more salespeople. Um, If you're in insurance, you're going to add more agents. If you're in real estate, you're going to add more realtors. However it is, you're going to add more people. We think that this is the method that's going to rise our tide. And frankly, it's not. Uh, At least I've experienced in really great form that these people here are the biggest headaches and the biggest opportunities in our ecosystem. And I say both of that uh, candidly because they're our biggest headaches because we tend to set it and forget it. We just expect them. I'm a child of the 80s, and I grew up watching the Ron Popeil infomercials, and he always talked about his food dehydrator and these other things. It's like you just Mm -hmm. set it and forget it. Mm -hmm. And that's what we do with our top people is like once they reach a certain point, we stop giving them attention and care because we think that they're really good. And... um, There's a book right now by Mike Michalowicz. He's the author of Profit First. But the book that I'm referring to is a book called The Pumpkin Plan. Plan. 
Yeah. I love that book. And, and, and the Pumpkin yep. Plan is just a, it's a powerful book and it's about how to get great, uh, great clients, how to find those clients that are going to give you massive results. But in the Pumpkin Plan, I read it as a leadership book. And what he talks about is uh, step number six is give all your attention to the big pumpkins. And so over here, these are my big pumpkins. Instead of me worrying about these people here, I'm going to give more attention, more care, more focus to these people here. And that's what most real estate teams aren't doing is they're just bringing in more people to say, I'm going to add more and that's what's going to rise the tide. But frankly, I don't like this methodology because the minute that you're adding in these people over here, these folks become flight risks. They become uh, scarcity mindset people where they're saying there's not enough food at the table. Dad had more kids. He doesn't love me as much. And it's created an interesting conflict. And so this is the method I'm talking about is you take and you put underneath your A players, your big pumpkins. That's how you bring in new people. And that's how you grow. In the real estate world, we use the showing partner as, as that piece, right? A showing partner in Fargo, North Dakota, we pay them a $30,000 a year salary. Well, who's going to be drawn to a $30,000 a year salary? I, I've had people who are making eighty dollars or $90,000 a year as engineers come into my world and make thirty dollars for a year because they knew what was their potential. And now they're making three hundred dollars in a year, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's a pretty unbelievable thing because they're coming in and they're saying, I want to get my doctorate. I want to get my MBA and I want to get paid as I learn. And we're able to afford that opportunity for people. And- Here's, here's who's going to be drawn to a full-time commission job right now. Somebody who has a sugar daddy or sugar mama, mm -hmm. uh, somebody who has a second job, somebody who has really bad financial habits, or that one rare person that actually has a savings account and they're ready to go into a full-time commission job, right? Is, isn't that who we hope that is, is. going to come into insurance or real estate? Yeah. And it's irresponsible. There are literally millions of servers and retail workers and bartenders and people who want to exponentially make more in the world right now. And their world is shrinking and dying and they don't have a way out. They can't get into real estate into a full-time commission job because they don't have the financial wherewithal. And so changing the model and now putting these people here and giving that kind of leverage, that kind of support having them earn while they learn will rise the tide for your big pumpkins, for your top performers. And now you're developing their own business. And that's been the key. You, you let off by saying, how do I get 25 businesses? Because my job is to help people grow their businesses. It's not for me to have them sell X number of houses so I can make money off of them. I want people to have huge, massive worlds so I can play for them. So, uh, my book is called Play for the Person Next to You, right? And, and it's, it's a guide to servant leadership. And it has to be ingrained into everything in one's ecosystem if you want to actually start bearing fruit on it. I like that. That's that's a totally different perspective. You're you're a leader who is developing leaders, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm if I'm hearing you correctly, what you're doing is you're saying, "All right, I'm not just adding my top producers. I'm taking a top producer and I'm turning them, I'm replacing myself." It's almost like almost any corporate structure that you develop, they you know, if you if you read uh, you know, um the E-Myth, for example, you you create your your corporate structure and every single piece in your corporation is a job. It's not a person, it's a job. And if you have that specific uh, job laid out, you have the description, you know what everybody's supposed to do. Right now, you may be doing every single job, 
but you slowly start to replace each person. And now each cog in the wheel is working to grow the whole deal. So what you're describing, if I heard you correctly, is you're, you're taking these top producing agents and you're saying, cool, production is great. Now let me show you the right way to build a team. Let me show you how we can, we can grow your particular business. And yeah, it's your giant conglomerate team, but you're essentially building small teams within it. 100%. And that's that's a change and a shift in real estate for the most part. If if you have a real estate team, what's said is that no great talent will stick around for long. Uh, once somebody hits, man, in San Diego, your average sales price is about 600,000 bucks, right? Close, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so if that's your average sales price, once somebody hits 20 or so deals on their own, they're going to say, yeah, I don't need this team. I can go do it on my own. And I, instead of giving half my commission to this team leader, I'm going to go and, uh, and and get the whole gamut. And so I only have to sell 10 homes. And and so people leave real estate teams consistently because there's not opportunity. I spent an hour and a half earlier today on a Zoom call with one of my with one of my team members. And he he just turned 30 years old in Fargo, North Dakota. He's going to make over $400,000 as a salesperson this year. And yeah, uh, he'll sell over Rent's a lot cheaper out there. <laughs> Well, our average sales price is 230,000 bucks, you know? And so we're dealing with a, a smidge of what y'all are dealing with. Uh, I say y'all like I'm not from Fargo. I know I'm from Fargo, but I'm, I'm trying to <laughs> fine, fit it. Okay? <laughs> uh, I was and, in the Navy. And, I say y'all all the time. That's right. And and uh, I'm glad you brought up the Navy because uh, I have a guy that's a Navy SEAL, right? I have a guy that has grown to such a capacity and a talent that I'm now helping him to build his business. He has people he's adding to his team that he can buy back his time, that he can go and earn more money. And he's now figuring out how to do what I do. We're really creating a mini version of me. Um, I want I want five Navy SEALs before I want 40 people on the reserve. Hmm. Right? I, 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 want, I want people that are the best of the best of the best. And I just don't want people that are going to pick up my scraps. And, and don't hear that as a jab of anybody who's in the reserves or that isn't a seal. Like I have mad respect for that, but I just okay, use that. Just, anal- just pretend I said it because I'm a veteran. <laughs> I can say that. That's right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, in, I'm in trouble for saying it. Uh, I, I, I want to be surrounded with people who are, uh, who are more talented or more hungry than me because it actually forces me to grow a bigger world. In fact, that's how I, that's how I started my marketing company. I hired a guy. Um, usually I was hiring an order taker and I finally hired an order maker and I had to pay him double what I was paying any of my other admin. This guy had helped to produce the Academy of Country Music Awards. He had uh, curated TEDx in Auckland, New Zealand uh, and was just this amazing talent. And so I had to pay him more than I had paid anybody else for a salary. And very quickly, he had developed such momentum for our company and he was so talented that I knew I was going to lose him. And so instead of losing them, I said, hey, dude, let's open something together. And he's like, that sounds awesome. <laughs> and so now I'm a 50% owner of a company that I don't touch at all. And I get a six-figure check every year because of it. You know, And it's because of a relationship. It's because I developed leaders, leadership because I wasn't afraid of great talent. And then I had to force my world to be big enough for him to still exist in it. I love how you did that too, because you know people do often, and you hear about this in the corporate ladder all the time. Give them a promotion, give them a, a title change, and they'll be happy for a while. And it's and it's kind of a, that's a jab to the ego, right? So the the employee gets a little bit of a promotion, they get a new title, and all of a sudden they stick around. But eventually, that also wears thin. You're taking the same approach here, except instead of just 
throwing some fake title that doesn't mean anything. You're actually giving them another carrot to chase. You're showing them the opportunity to, to grow beyond where they were, where it's not so much a job anymore. Now it's like, look, we're going to create something together, something you love to do. You're giving them the reins to their own horse here in, in a, in, in essence is what you're doing. Um, you were talking about finding this great talent, right? Uh, how, how do you, how are you locating that? Cause there's so many people and you kind of hinted on it before. There's all these other people that, that would take a $30,000 job or that would, that would, you know, look for an opportunity, but you're always going for the cream of the crop. How are you locating that cream of the crop? Talent has now, uh, started to find me. Uh, nice. and, and it's an intentional strategy. Uh, and it is a long-term play. Most of us are of the microwave generation where we want something in three minutes or less. Mm. And this is this is like the crock pot. This is going to take a long while. This is mm. this is gam gam stew. It's going to take a long time to have the flavors really come out, right? Uh, I've created an intentional strategy of using mind share, not market share, but mind share. That I want to be front of mind for people when they think of certain characteristics. So the, the characteristics I would be uh, leaning towards is uh, a life worth living, uh, somebody who is treated exceptionally well, somebody who has huge opportunity, somebody that is cheered on and elevated. And so I'm intentional, especially with social media and my involvement with the community. Uh, and, and it is a long-term play. My social media strategy is this, is I want to use my platform to remind people of what I do. I subscribe to a, a, an 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, I shouldn't ever talk about real estate or coaching or, or whatever it may be. 80% uh, of the time, I just need to show up and I need to be funny, engaging, inspirational. I need to talk about the things in life that really matter. That's my family. That's my faith. Those are the things that I'm passionate about, right? And I like to laugh. And so that's what shows up all the time. And then the other 20% I'm talking about real estate or coaching, but instead of me being braggadocious about what I'm doing, I'm shining a light on those people in my world that are ex exceptional. And so as I talked about my, my team member, that's, uh, you know, going to sell 140 homes and have a huge life every month or two, I'm finding a way to highlight him on social media. And that makes me look really good. Doesn't it? Like, heck yeah. I, look I, what I, I'm I, I say it because he matters and he's valuable and that he should have all these accolades because he's earned them. I just understand that that light comes back to me, right? Mm -hmm. What we throw out in this world is what comes back to us. And so I'm really intentional on social media and also in my community. Um, I am massively involved as a volunteer in our community. Um, I love public speaking. And so I'll happily grab a microphone or give a keynote when somebody wants me to do so. Uh, I spoke at uh, a couple of years ago, I spoke at the kickoff for the Fargo Public Schools um, uh, school year. So I had 1800 people in the room and I've probably now since then sold an extra 30 houses because of those people that I was connecting with. Now, I went and I just tried to give value. And that's the key to all this is if you want to get great talent, you have to give, give, give. You have to give value to your community. You have to give value to those that are already in your world. Uh, you have to find social media posts and you have to contribute to the conversation without mm -hmm. shining the light back on you. You have to give and give and give. And this takes years. You can't show up and do it for a month and magically expect that to, to work out. I've been uh, in, in my former life. I shared with you that I, I was a youth pastor and my job was to give to kids all the time. And I had to make them feel so important in love that they understood that they had a place in this world. And mm -hmm. I do that same thing now as uh, an entrepreneur. 
I need to make people feel so important and loved that they have a place in this world. And that has become a massive talent recruitment uh, piece for me. Let me ask you kind of a personal question here. How do you feel when you're doing that sort of thing? Because I know personally, it's, it's one of my favorite things to do. Is it, you know, And, and I, I tell people all the time, I, I when I go on Instagram, I don't pass up a story without making a comment. And I comment on every single story because like you, I believe so much that it's about giving and it's about uh, putting your, yourself out there, but in a, in a more vulnerable way, not, not so much in a flashlight kind of way, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, when you do that, and this is this is weird and all, but it's one of the most selfish things you actually can do is to be a giver. How do how do you how do you how has it been for you as you've been you know training people, coaching people, celebrating people? What's that been like for you personally? How how has it affected your life? Uh, I love what you just said because uh, I've had the privilege of giving a couple TED talks, and one TED talk that I was like this close to giving, I ended up changing it. Uh, but the first, uh, Ted talk that I was fired up about was about vulnerability. And I gave that about how we have to be open and we have to let people in. And the second one, I ended up talking about how having a passion in your business is the way and and living your purpose out through your business. But what I was really close to doing is I was going to talk about how the most selfish thing that you can do is to be selfless Mm -hmm. because it's, it's the thing that feels the best. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to get crass for just a moment. I feel like we're in the trust tree, you know, in the nest here where we can talk about some things, but I'll I'll say this is uh, when you are self-serving, it's masturbation. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is. If you want to feel really good, you make somebody else feel really good. And, and then that, you realize I mean, that, how addicting that is. Uh-huh. You're dang right. I've, I've been in quarantine for 10 days. I got my hot ass wife upstairs and I'm stuck down here in this basement. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and, and, and so I, I, I don't feel my best because I don't have that person to connect with and to share that love with. And that's what this life is about. Is about sharing this love and making people feel seen, valued, and let, letting them, them know that they matter. We can talk about money. We can talk about business all we want, but it, let's let's strip it down to the core and, and life and business and everything else. The, the purpose of life is not to make money. The purpose of life is to have influence and to have an impact and to know that your life matters. And the best way to do that is by letting other people know that their lives matter. Okay. Let me ask you uh, about about uh, perspective here because uh, I had a, a, a yesterday's show, we were talking a little bit about responsibility, your ability to respond to particular situations. Uh, and, and I'm always of the mindset that, that whatever you decide to do in your life, when you respond to a situation, you can either choose and, and sometimes you let your emotions run you and you choose a negative side and you know, you might call that karma and you can choose to let things go or go on a positive, on a positive route. When you're stressed, when you're going through something that is, uh, you know, maybe beyond your control, maybe like somebody, you know, hit your vehicle or, you know, we had, uh, we had, you know, riots here, or I mean, um, uh, protests in downtown and buildings were destroyed and maybe it was one of your buildings or whatever, like things that happen out of your control. Uh, is there something you tell yourself or is there, is there a reason why you maintain a, a positive point of view? Is it, uh, you know, lifestyle? Is it choices? Is it uh, upbringing? What is, what is the reason that you maintain that positive point of view? Uh, great question. Uh, I think up- upbringing is the first thing I'll touch on. Like I-, I grew up as a kid with one foot in the welfare bucket. You know, I-, I had a dad that abandoned my family when I was two and I had a mom that was superwoman, but you know, she died when I was 21. So I was orphaned at 21 and, uh, nothing else hurts that much anymore. Really. Yeah. Uh, uh, 
And you know what hurts even worse than than losing a parent is having one abandon you and reject you for like every mm. day. That that hurts far more. And so, I mean, you can hit me all you want, and it's not going to affect me as much. Um, referencing two things. Uh, one is uh, on Netflix. Tony Robbins has something called "I'm Not Your Guru," and it's kind of a walk through his uh, his stuff. And he has he has a line in there that he says, uh, "You have to understand that life is happening for you and not to you." Mm. And it's such mm-hmm. a good perspective piece to understand that life is not against us, that we are not victims of the world. You know, I, I, w- I would rather take on the mindset of saying, um, um, I, I don't want to say because, because if I say because I'm justifying whatever shortcoming I have, and I'd rather say even though, even though COVID has slowed down the world, even though I grew up without a father, even though, even though, even though, what you're saying is I'm going to be a victor. So I have no space in my life for victims whatsoever. Um, the second piece uh, that uh, I want to touch upon, uh, if you haven't read any of Hal Elrod's stuff, Miracle Morning is just a brilliant book and a great way to have mindset. Mm-hmm. And, and I run a, a real estate mastermind and we brought Hal uh, to it a few months ago. And he talked about how um, over the course of his life, first he had uh, an accident where he uh, basically died like three times in the hospital and broke so many bones in his body. And then fast forward to more recently, and he had uh, a really serious cancer bout that he fought. And so he, I mean, he's been smacked with life a couple of times, really serious stuff. And as that's happened, he gives himself five minutes to live in pity and sorrow. And then he simply says, well, I can't change it. Mm-hmm. And it's that simple mindset of if you can't change it, you just for five minutes, give yourself time on the pity pot. And then it's time to go and to be a victor again and, and, and to push on and to persevere. You know, back in back in 2013, I had been building my real estate team. I hadn't started any of my other companies yet. And I got kicked out of the brokerage that I was at. And I had a team of 13 fall apart. And I I, I literally started over and I, I had a scarlet letter in my giant receding forehead of a, you know, I just, I, I felt I had this scarlet letter of loser right here. And I thought like, I'm never going to be able to rebuild. And I was on my pity pot for probably three weeks. I then uh, was about this close to bankruptcy. Um, I had the previous broker I was with that refused to pay me on some commissions. And all of a sudden, this was this was after I got kicked out. So like, this is my rebound girlfriend brokerage. So I had been kicked out and then I lost $130,000 from a broker uh, relationship all within a nine month period. And I remember talking with my coach and he said, Eric, um, you have every right to be frustrated and to be on your pity pot and to feel bad about your plight. There's a family. Uh, there, there's your family waiting for you. There's your community waiting for you. There's your team waiting for you. And you won't give any value to any of those people while you stay on that pity pot. So mm-hmm. you choose when you want to leave. And I remember where I was. I remember that exact moment. And I said, all right, I'm done with it. I'm going to, I'm going to go to bed tonight and that I'm done living in my sorrow. And we pushed on and persevered. And here I am 25 businesses later and uh, all the wiser for it, I hope. Man, and that that's a that's a powerful story right there cuz cuz that does happen. And and I can even bring it down to even smaller scale for for me even something as simple this morning uh James and I are, are part of a 5am club Justice League 5am club and and uh during that time I it's it's my workout time at the same time. So I have my webinar, I'm listening and and I'm watching, but I'm also working out and this morning I didn't feel like doing, and it's not like an intense workout. It's 200 pushups, 200 sit-ups, and then I go for a three-mile run. But 200 pushups, right? That's so casual, yeah. Yeah, that's so casual. Totally casual, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
but but this morning, you know, I'm sitting there and 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 I don't feel like doing it. Like most mornings, right? Don't feel like doing it. And it's something that I tell myself, and it, it sounds weird, but I'm I tell myself, don't be a little bitch, and just start, right? And then that's it. Once I get going, once I have a little bit of momentum, the rest comes easy, right? I'm, I'm not saying the workout is easy. I'm just saying that you're already going. Now it's like another one, another one, another one, and and but it's that that point right there where. Do you decide to roll out of bed? Do you decide to actually put your, you know, your workout gear on? Do you decide to actually get down and do the workout? Like at some point you have to do, you have to decide, are you a victim or are you a victor? And, and that is, that's some powerful stuff, you know, for your story, people go through some crazy stuff, but I, and I always try to bring it back to something simple like that because it's the little things. It's those little habits that we do on a daily basis. Uh, you know, and, and the morning miracle is a great one for those of you who haven't read it. I mean, a couple little habits in the morning can change the way the rest of your day goes and the rest of your life goes. But sometimes those little habits, as small as they are, getting started is not the easiest thing, but you need to be, you need to find a way to tell yourself that that little thing, right? That little thing, whatever it is to you, go start, move, get off the, you know, it's time to get off the pot, do it. And you might not be comfortable at first. You know, I'm sure the first day you decided to get back on the horse, it didn't change the fact that you were still close to bankruptcy. It didn't change the fact that, you know, you were, you didn't solve the $130,000 broker problem. None of that was solved. You just decided to make a change. You decided to take action. And that's, that's powerful. Whether, whether you're in a tough plight and you got to get yourself and your life out of it, or you're thinking of starting a business, the worst action you can take is inaction. Mm -hmm. Just sitting idly by and sitting in something that's lukewarm. I mean, that should be spit out, you know, like nothing good is lukewarm. You either want super hot or super cold. And, and, and the only way to do it, I, I'm, I'm fortunate uh, in strengths finder. My number one strength is I'm an activator, which means I'm a ready fire aim kind of guy. And I, I will figure it out after I get moving. And for most people, that's the last thing they do is they actually take action. Mm-hmm. And if, if you, if you take one thing from our chat here, I hope it's to get off your ass and to do something. Um, take, take at least one step towards what it is that you want. Cause all of a sudden one step compounded over the last 10 years. And now I find myself living a life that I never dreamt possible. I mean, it's got your victory dance. Well, I got it right here. Yeah, that's right. That's right. (laughs) Perfection. Eric, real quick, before we head out today, uh, can you uh, tell our listening audience, how how can they get a hold of you if they want uh, coaching or, or talk to you or whatever it is they need to do? Yeah, uh, I put a ton of free material out there. I have a Hatching Leaders podcast. Uh, so I put my name on everything. Um, so Hatching Leaders podcast is where you can find us wherever you find your podcast. Uh, hatchcoaching.com is where you can see uh, what we're doing in our coaching world. Um, also, check out our YouTube channel. We we have just a ton of stuff. I have uh, probably 100 or so videos out there now that are really business development videos. If you're in the real estate field too, I promise you, you'll find a, a ton of value that's within there. But uh, uh, at the end of the day, I want to give away as much free stuff as possible. There's monetization things eventually if you go deep enough into the wormhole, but uh, we're giving away almost all our stuff for free like you guys are here. And I just, I appreciate the opportunity opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I love when, uh, when I come across, uh, real estate content, especially when we have, I know right now is a hot market, but what, what I keep saying and what people don't quite always see, especially if you're in the realtor space, there's a shift happening. There's going to be a change. There's a lot of stuff going on, uh, behind the scenes. So it's better to be prepared for a, a shifting market. I think there's, you know, there, I heard a, a, a stat a while back, 80% of the homes 
in five years will be sold by agents who don't even have a license yet. Uh, and that's because the turnaround in, in, in real estate agents is so quick. I mean, it's a four-year license. And usually by the end of four years, you're either you know full speed ahead, the few of you who are, or there's a bunch of you who just have fallen off the wagon. Uh, and so if that's that statistic is true, most people who have a license right now have never been in a buyer's market. They just haven't had to deal with that. So if you can come across someone like Eric here who has content out there that's sharing information so that you can be prepared, right? It doesn't mean that you know you're not dealing with short sales right now. You're not dealing with foreclosures as much right now. But the market will change. Things are 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 changing here. So learn all you possibly yeah. can before it happens. Uh, take action. Get off the pot. Do it. <laughs> Eric, thank you very much again for being on the show, man. Really appreciate it. It's a pleasure, guys. Thanks for the chance. All right, ladies and gents, that is all we got for you guys. We'll see you guys again tomorrow. Tomorrow is SHIT. So happy so it's Thursday. We'll see you again. Peace. And we're right Bye. Shut up and sit down. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the business bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.